Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, heaters? Welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat, presented to you, as always, by Manscaped. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We appreciate each and every one of you fine folks. I'm Amanda, and I'm joined, as always, by my punctilious co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. Please be sure to find us on Twitter at our personal handles, which you can find at our website, halfstreethighheat.com. And you can find the show on Twitter at halfstreethighheat. And uh, make sure you check out the website. There's so much going on this week. Um, we, we have a lot to talk about on this episode. We've got some new articles out there, including one I just loved that was some of the best moments of Max Scherzer's time as a national, which may be about to come to an end. So how are you guys doing? Little bit of a busy week for Nats news, huh? You've used that word before. Just have to, have have to get it off my okay, chest. Okay, well, I had another one that I was thinking about for tonight. It was gumptious. So I'll go with gumptious. You've used that one before, too. Are you sure? I don't Positive. think so. Positive. I didn't have that one. I've been keeping a list, and I didn't have that one. Well, you have to go back and I mean, listen to every episode and see. They're, they're very specific words, so it's easy to tell when they're reused. Fair enough. Well, I don't remember using gumptious, so I'll take your word for it, but... I wasn't sure about punctilious. I was thinking I may have used that one before, but we're going to have to Victor true. Robles you and have you sit on the bench just to observe and watch for like five games, five observe, episodes. Observe you guys using big words. I don't think that's going to happen. So I'll just, no, you know how the Nats just like sat Robles for five games. Yeah. I know they're for, saying for no purpose other than just watching and sh- I guess learning from Gerardo <laughs> Parra, how it's done apparently. Yeah. I don't that's think it what, worked. That's where you're, you're going to be the uh, Victor Robles to our, our Gerardo Parra. <laughs> Did you just compare yourself to Gerardo Parra? Hey, we bring in fans. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You do what you got to do to get asses yeah. in seats, right? Exactly. Exactly. Do what you got to do. So how was your week? Other than, you know, it, the Nats being the flamingest of all the flaming dumpster fires. That's really consumed my week. That's really consumed my week, too. I'm it's like, it's, like, it's deadline I'm like, week. <laughs> it's deadline week. So you're obviously we're all going to be plugged into baseball. And that just means we're going to be plugged into the Nats because what the Nats do hinges on every single pitch. Like even after the Orioles series, it wasn't to us it was but in general it wasn't clear on what the nats were going to do so these games matter <laughs> these games matter in terms of what the nats will do at the deadline and it's wednesday so there's time deadline saturday but i'm starting to get nervous and we'll talk about that as we get into you know the, the meat of this episode but nervous i now. i, 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 I I need something to happen. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like just do something. This is killing me. This like all of the rumors were like if nothing's only, happening. If only because of past history and Rizzo's track record. Mm-hmm. We've seen so many inactive deadlines and I can't take another one. Were you thinking that too, Ryan? It sounds like Nick and I both were. I had this twinge earlier where I saw nothing was going on and I was like, is he gonna do you think there's any chance he might just like hardly do anything like after all these crazy rumors that he might actually just not do much? No, I mean, everything leading up to this week, it was pretty clear even before the Orioles series that this team was going to sell. The Orioles series was the nail in the coffin. And this is actually a good segue into our quick pitch. Um, Rizzo went on 106.7 The Fan, and it was actually a very interesting interview. If you guys have not listened to it yet, please listen to it because he talks a lot about that. The Trey being on the market rumors is actually true. Like they have been shopping him, but he's not going to get moved. But Rizzo used the word retool. He said that they're going to look to retool this year. Sometimes you have to. Um, And basically if this team is going to retool, they have to give off all the contending, sorry, sorry, the expiring contracts. Like, like Nick said, I have been pretty nervous just because, like, I want this to happen in the back of my head. They're like, they're going to screw this up somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll screw it up. What I think is pretty funny is that Rizzo said this team can compete in 2022. I don't think this team can. This team is too old, has too much dead money, and two pitchers who are not very good right now. That's going to hurt them. But all these expiring contracts, Max, Huddy, all of them, they got to go. If that's what Rizzo wants to do, retool start shipping these guys out. Yeah. And it doesn't have a lot of time left to do it. I, I agree with you. I think I was a little surprised. I heard the interview live when he was on uh, this morning and uh, you know, he goes on every week and I always listen to the interview, but this is the first time he ever so plainly said, there's no shame. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but the gist was there's no shame after 10 years of contending and retooling this roster to make us competitive for 2022 and beyond. Now I agree with you, Ryan, 2022 is a bit of a pipe dream. Like he I has think. to say that. Right. He like, has I to say get it. it, but come on, big guy. Like come Rizzo, li- Rizzo lies for a living and Rizzo's lies are so obvious. The man <laughs> goes on the junkies every single week and like it never gets on social media because he never really says anything. He never breaks news. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's not even like that grave. Interview, you but have this to time be a politician was. as a GM. right. It's coach speak, basically, 100%. like when the coaches go up, at, you know, and give their post game press conferences. It's like 
it's like when Davey was like, oh, Max is 100% healthy. He will make his next start on schedule. Strauss has knows, never been feeling better. <laughs> well, I mean, it's right. like, Best Davey knows damn well it's not going to be for the Nats, but like, you got to do it. Yeah, you got to say what you got to say. I, I I think the retool, ob- Max is the obvious piece. It guts me. Max is my favorite national. I love him to pieces. It's going to be so hard to see him play in another uniform, but it would be malpractice with the state of this team right now if you don't get something back for max you know the the possibility exists that he could come back here i think that's far-fetched i i don't think if they trade him that he's going to come back to the nationals i'd love it if he did if they can get him on a reasonable contract next year but you have to get something from him and this really we discussed this before this is the repercussions of not trading bryce harper three years ago the reason we are in such dire straits is because you didn't take the opportunity to get the king's ransom you could have gotten when Harper was on an expiring contract. And it does seem like maybe they learned the lessons from that, but they also don't have a choice at this point. The cupboard is bare. They have to do something to get some young players into the farm system. And really this is an, in, a, in a lost season. This is a no brainer. They have to do it. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but it, it comes down to, you can't be successful for, uh, an extended period of time without doing something like this. And you brought up 2018. That was a prime year where they should have sold more than they w- did because it was, it was pretty half-hearted and half-assed. Um, and obviously Bryce Harper being the uh, main centerpiece of what they should have done and should have traded. Um, and obviously they, even the trades they did make, they didn't get anything from it, at least not anything substantial. So that really set you back and not only set you back in terms of, um, you know, your window and how long you can compete. Cause obviously they won the year after, but it set you back in terms of when you would be ready to compete again. And that's really what we're looking at at this point. I mean, they've really, I have to give the Nats credit because they they ran this thing as long as they could. I mean, they gave this team every opportunity to, you know, run it back and, um, you know, contend as long as possible. And it just didn't work out. So now business is business. You got to do what you got to do. Like, really, that obviously was surrounded by the uh, Max Scherzer contract. His contract is expiring. You know, next year, you're not going to get your ace back even though he will be 37 and it's hard to build around a 37 year old, but he is your ACE this year and you're losing your ACE. You're not getting your ACE back. So already 2022 looks different. So you have to do something maybe drastic, maybe um, culture shifting or however you want to put it in order to contend in 2022, 2023, whatever. Rizzo using the word retool and we've kind of been flirting with that idea too. Like we, we called it a retool at first. We didn't call it a full fledged rebuild, although we wouldn't necessarily be opposed to a a rebuild because if a rebuild is done well, you can be contending again in a couple of years, but he used the word retool, which gives me full, I don't want to say confidence. That's not the right word, but full expectation that he's going to go for it again in 2022. So it's not really in his nature to rebuild completely. I don't see him ever doing like a, Hey, we're going to suck for three years kind of a situation. I don't think it's if the learners would go for it. And I don't think Rizzo could have that in him. Everyone says, Oh, that's not in the Nats DNA. Like Rizzo never done that. They never have had to sell. 
right? 2018 was the only year they actually should have sold. They messed that up. All the other years, things went south in August and September, like well after the deadline. The Nats have never actually had to sell. This is the first time they legit have to sell. Now we get to see what if Rizzo is actually capable of this. So everyone's saying that's not in their DNA. This is the first time they're actually facing the situation. So we generally don't know what they're going to be like in the situation because the team's never been this bad before the deadline before. Not like pre-2012, obviously pre-2012 there. Yeah, they were dead before. They were dead in May. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I am fascinated to see how it works out. I'm like, emotionally, I've pretty much prepared myself to for Max's loss and maybe even Turner, which, you know, of course, we'll talk about a little bit more. There's lots of rumors swirling. I still think that seems unlikely, but... Rumors? I love the rumors, but it would make a lot of sense for them to do it. I think you could make the argument for them to keep him. And I think you could make the argument for them to try to get a big return for him. But I did see that they, you know, the, the, they, Jesus Lazardo went for Starling Marte as a rental. Like if that's what the market looks like, then you better be listening to offers on Trey Turner. Yeah. I mean, that's because money is king. That's an absolute fantastic segue into our week in review. We are in the home stretch. We got trades as the trade deadline is going to be just 24 hours away. As you guys are listening to us, Eduardo Escobar went to the Brewers. Yankees landed Joey Gallo in an old school quantity over quality type trade. The Marlins with the best trade of the day. They proved that money is king and they ate $4 million to send Starling Marte to Oakland and they get Jesus Lozardo back. Um, well, not back, excuse me. He was a national, but he's back in the NL East. Mariners swoop in and steal Tyler Anderson, who was on his way to Philly and at the 11th hour made a better offer. Our Astros acquired uh, Yimi Garcia, already making a strong bullpen stronger and Mariners players go absolutely mad, torching their GM after Kendall Graveman was traded in division to Houston. While we saw some position players move, teams have not moved many yet just because it is a buyer's market for position players at the moment. We expect that to heat up in the final hours on Friday. The Giants and Cubs have talked Chris Bryant. The Padres have talked with many players and are repeatedly saying if a team takes Eric Hosmer and his entire contract, they'll throw in one of their top four prospects. Their top four prospects are pretty good. To the NL East and fifth place are the 44 and 57 Marlins. They took two games from the Orioles. Now they have to go play the Yankees. They said they are not trading Adam Duvall within the division. This was said when the Braves acquired about him. So they'll trade JT Romuto in division, but they won't trade Adam Duvall. Interesting. And fourth place are the 46 and 54 Nationals. Much on them on the year week that they have been having and third place are the 50 and 52 Braves they split the four game series against the Mets they're still looking to buy for some reason they have the Brewers up next and second are the 50 and 50 Phillies they split the first two against the Nats COVID led to a doubleheader and they're looking at the Rockies at their starting pitching up next for them the Pirates and first place are the 54 and 46 Mets. They will debut their black jerseys on Friday, encouraging fans who are black as well against the Reds. Even more special, Carlos Carrasco makes his first start that day as well. And they're desperately hunting the market for pitching as we head up to the deadline. Make sure you guys head on over to T public and search half street, high heat and look up all of our fantastic designs. We have mugs, we have masks, 
We have shirts, we have laptop cases, we have everything, you name it. There's some great merchandise and swag over there. So make sure you guys head on over to the Public site. Yes, indeed. Uh, there's just so much to talk about. Um, it, it strikes me how the Nats, everybody talks about how the Marlins are, you know, obviously always the worst team in the NLEs. The Nats are only two games better than the Marlins right now, who, by the way, were able to beat the Orioles where the Nats yeah, weren't. So how long until the Nats are in last place? Probably not very. I mean, the Marlins, they got a good young rotation. Like they, they need some guys in there who have like veteran experience who are good, but they have a lot of good young arms with a lot of good potential. So they're going to be a really fun team to watch and keep forward looking to. Indeed. Agreed. Okay. So um, let's talk Nats bat. Um, There's just, I mean, I don't even know where to start. There's this week has been absolutely insane. Um, I guess we can start with the fact that half the team has COVID, or I guess Man. 12, 12 cases, uh, four of <laughs> whom are players, including one unvaccinated person among the 12 who was not identified. Well, so uh, in game two of the series, Trey was pulled after the first inning. This came hours after there was all the reports that the Naps were not going to extend them. They were shopping him. There's teams who are going in it. So everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, all the Nats reporters were trying to figure out why he got pulled. It was first report that wasn't an injury. And then all the big reporters jumped in saying he was pulled. Then they said it was an injury as well. And everyone's like, okay, what is it? But then, oh, wait, it was an injury. And then, oh, he's not getting traded. And then the report came that wasn't an injury and it wasn't being traded. Everyone's like, what the hell is it? Grenade gets thrown in, COVID. So Trey gets COVID, he was pulled, was not traded. Um, So I thought that was interesting. And then Davey kind of hinted and then they're like, well, you know, we don't test vaccinated players right now. So Davey was like- So if somebody got tested, it's because they were unvaccinated. Yeah, but now the entire team has been tested. Um, MLB said they won't need to do contact tracing, which didn't make sense at the time. They've since done that. And now the Nats have 12 positives, only four of which are players. And we know Trey is one. So this is our second COVID outbreak. Um, we can't get rid of it. This, yeah. this year is a, I, I don't even have the word for it. This year is nuts. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of like ready to, to just send this year flying off into the sun. Like I'm pretty much done. Like this year has just been a whole lot of, of awful for the Nats and, you know, the one thing that's going to be a bright spot, hopefully, is if they can get this trade deadline right and bring in some exciting young players. Here's the thing. <laughs> so I hope every single person who has it is okay and is going to be okay. When this first broke, the thing that went in my mind was, please not Max, please not Hand, please not Hudson. Well, but I will say I looked into this and from my understanding, and you guys correct me if you know differently, is that, you know, these players can be on the COVID-19 list. They can still be traded. And especially for people who are hopefully asymptomatic or only mildly symptomatic and will likely recover quickly. I don't think a case of COVID is going to stop anyone, any trades that were in the works. It it will play a role in it. It's like buying a car. And then you realize there's something wrong with the car. Like it's gonna, or like you're about to buy the car and there's like, oh, wait, there's a scratch in it. Like it's going to slow things down and make things a little complicated because one, you can't complete the medicals while they're COVID positive and then other things like that. But it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. Like, of course this happens at the freaking trade deadline. And then 
Brad Hand, the adventures of Brad Hand continue. Mm-hmm. His name's getting tossed around. He gives up back-to-back blown saves. And I was like, well, that's just great. Um, but then, you know, in game two, he nailed it down despite Cardi Keboom throwing the ball 55 feet left to first base, which was really impressive. <laughs> Do we have to talk about Carter Keboom? Oh, well, here's <laughs> the thing. Um, while, while we're talking about Keboom, he has to play every single day. You have to know what you have with him, but let me ask you this: Who's more, who's more disappointing as a at this point as how they were touted as a prospect and what they've turned out to be in real life? Is it Victor Robles or is it Carter Keboom? Um, I am going to say Carter Keboom solely because Robles has plus defense. That's the only thing saving him. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Keboom, we haven't we haven't seen either. (laughs) But you're right about him playing every day because at this point, you've you're punting on the season. Like, let him play, and if let him play every day, let him get used to the big leagues. And if he's if he's not a big leaguer, then we'll know it by the end of the year. And in a lost year, what the hell difference does it make? And apparently, I was just going to say, apparently, Luis Garcia is getting called up to replace Trey if Trey goes on the COVID IL as well. I oh, was okay. I'd like to see him play every day too. Fan, fantastic segue because I was just going to bring him up. Garcia has to play also. He's going to replace Trey, like Nick said. If you're going to retool and start slowly transitioning, you got to figure out what you have in Garcia and Keboom. If either of them succeed this year, you can cross off that position in need. Let them play every single day. Let your two, three, I'm including Victor Robles, let your three young guys play every single day. Yeah. I suppose so. It's uh, it's hard to think about, you know, it's hard to shift your minds, at least for me. I mean, you guys are less um, emotional about this than I am and less Homer ish in general than I am, but it's hard to shift your mental state when you, you know, the Nats have been going for it, buying, trying to contend every single year for so long to just accept the fact that it, this was inevitable. We've been talking about this literally since the beginning of this podcast, you know, we're in our third season now. We've been talking about how this retool, rebuild, whatever you want to call it, is inevitable. I mean, it had to happen eventually, but it is tough to kind of accept, okay, well, after this trade deadline, probably this team's not, you know, there's not going to be much to watch this team for this year, except to maybe enjoy some of the young guys and see what they've got. Yeah. I, I heard saying agree. I mean, it's hard. There's going to be a lot of feelings for Nats fans right now, as we're seeing by the wild range of emotions that we're seeing with everything that's going on right now. But mm-hmm. it is it is a tough time, but there are things to look forward with everything. And one of them right now is Joe Ross. He pitched well yet again. Um, he went five innings, gave up three hits, no runs, and they lost the game 6-5. Look at that. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing that they, that they do. <laughs> he's he's pitching really well. Like in July, he's pitched 12 innings, 10 hits, three runs, 2.31 ERA. That's a bright spot for you. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of wish Eric Fetty could be a little more consistent. Yeah. But those are guys too. Like if you're if you're retooling, like those are the guys you like for the rest of the season. I'd like to just see the guys who you think maybe they've got it and maybe they don't. Keyboom, Garcia, Robles, like you said, Ross and Fetty are those guys too. You need to know what you have. And you'll know by the end of the season if, you know, if Max is gone, Strauss is obviously now out for the year. We haven't even talked about that yet. Um, you know, you've you've got a team that's not contending. You just let these guys 
pitch every fifth day and see what you've got. You'll know by the end of the year. And as you said, Ryan, then you know what's your positions of need. Can these guys be an everyday starter, even if only back of the rotation or not? Yeah, <laughs> there's still. So if the Nats, like it appears that they're selling at the deadline, it is July 28th. As of right now, we're recording and it appears that they're selling. Even if they do, there's things to still look forward to. Like you said, Ross, Fetty, Garcia, Kibo. That's going to be what's looking forward to. And getting excited about a potentially good draft pick. So not all is lost, you know? Yeah. And hopefully uh, some exciting prospects in return for the pieces that we sell off. Yeah. And then might as well transition to the, the elephant in the room. Strauss is out again. <laughs> Yeah, well, we were just talking about this, about <laughs> are we going to see him again this year? And we were just, was it Ugh. last episode or the one before going, I don't know if we're going to see him again this season. I guess well, we've got the answer to that question. It was it was the one before. Man, I was, I was not expecting TOS. And in case you guys don't know, TOS is a, a tough, tough surgery. There's a couple types, um, Strauss's and his nerve. Sometimes you have to remove a rib. I don't think his has to move a rib since it's a nerve, but it's basically a nerve that goes from like your shoulder in between your rib cages underneath your collarbone in there. It is a very tough injury to come back from for pitchers. Matt Harvey is still pitching. It's kind of crazy. Um, Johan Santana had it. He threw a no hitter when he came back, but that was really all he did. Most common thing with pitchers who get TOS is their velocity drops. I think there's 14 pitchers who had TOS surgery. The average was 1.2 miles per hour slower on their fastball. Strauss's fastball was 91 this year. That's not going to be good. And also you have to counter in the fact of all his other surgeries. It's, it's going to be really, really tough for him. And it sucks because I absolutely love Strauss. But the thing that's wild about it is the Nats have the greatest pitching contract of all time in Max Scherzer. They also have the complete 180 in that and might possibly be the worst pitching contract of all time in Steven Strasburg, which really sucks. Yeah, it was, is it something like right now they've paid him like, you know, some number of millions of dollars per inning pitched? <laughs> he's, he's only pitched 26 innings since he signed that contract. And now he's going to be that for the rest of the year. It's hard because I do love Strauss, but this contract is, and nobody's more, Nobody is more frustrated than Strauss, I'm sure. I mean, the guy's a gamer. He wants to pitch. But this is gonna this contract's gonna be a disaster for this team for years to come. Yeah, I mean, no one's no one's blaming Strauss. Like no one's mad at him or anything. This is just freak stuff that just keeps happening to him. It's out of his control. But this is what kind of makes a retool hard is because how much you're paying him is going to really damper this team. And then also how much people are, how much you're paying Patrick Corbin, it's mm-hmm. going to hurt. It's really going to hurt. I saw somebody on Twitter say they should trade Corbin and Strauss. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure everybody's just clamoring to take on those contracts. Good <laughs> Lord. What is wrong with people? Someone said <laughs> trade Corbin for Hosmer. And I was like, that literally puts us in even a worse spot. Because at least Corbin yeah. like fulfills a need. Like we have Josh Bell, and they're gonna keep bringing Ryan Zimmerman back. So Eric Hosmer would literally be even worse than Patrick Corbin, and that's saying something. Yeah, <laughs> saying something. Is this similar? This Strauss injury to the Will Harris one wasn't his thoracic outlet yeah. syndrome? It's something somewhat Dif- similar. His was uh, a blockage, and uh, Strauss's has to do with uh, his nerve endings, but same surgery, just different. 
problems. God, what bad luck. I just feel like nothing, things couldn't go more wrong for the Nationals this year. This is their second COVID outbreak. There's the injury with Strauss. There's, you know, the thing with Will Harris. I mean, like the bullpen. Remember at the beginning, before the season started, we talked about, wow, this bullpen's the best bullpen on paper they've had in, I don't know, maybe ever. This might be the best bullpen they've ever fielded. And here we are on July 28th. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just... What's there to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so depressing. This season could have been so different. And I actually think it's great that they tried and they really did give them as much time as they possibly could. But at this point, you know, it's, they've just got to sell and, and let it go. I was thinking to myself how different it might be if they had put together a good season and Max, you know, Max may have wound up just being a gnat for the rest of his career. If this season had gone well, because if they were contending, they wouldn't be trading in this trade deadline. And maybe at the end of the year, he just resigns here. If they had a decent year. Well, they would need a decent roster for that. But you know what this season's like? I, I was just thinking, if you know in The Lion King, when <laughs> Simba finds Mufasa and he's like, you got to get up. That's Nats fans just yelling at the completely dead team right now, just yelling, you got to get up. That's literally this season. Wow. That's both hilarious and depressing. <laughs> That's that's when how you said like gone. in the Lion King, I was like, where the hell is he going with this right now? <laughs> and I'm the one yet who says long live the king. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it, it, it's hard to take. But, you know, these these things do happen and we've had such a good run. I mean, we just have to appreciate what we've been lucky enough to get for the last decade and not be not be too sad about the inevitable the inevitable retool build work thing that's about to happen that's what i'm trying to tell myself anyway all right so Strauss out let's talk trade predictions so we know the names that are being bandied about here obviously max trey which is less likely but certainly a possibility hand hudson schwarber harrison gomes and lester let's start with max stay or go and where do you think he's most likely to end up Max, I am saying he is going and he is going to LA and he's going to play for the Dodgers. What about you, Nick? Um, I just feel like it's probably going to be the Dodgers. I think uh, the Padres already kind of kicked off with Adam Frazier and I don't think they're going to necessarily be done. They were going after Joey Gallo, but uh, fell just short. So it really depends um, for the Nats perspective, do they want to eat some money in order to get a better return or are they going to be swayed by a team throwing in money in order to um, lessen the prospect haul that it would take to get max? I think if they do the latter, the Dodgers would do that because it seems like they don't want to part with any more of their top prospects. They've parted with a bunch in recent years in some major trades, obviously Boogie Betts being the biggest one. Um, but if the Nats just want the best prospects possible, which I think is the route they should go, uh, I, I think the Padres are probably going to offer you the best prospect package, uh, whether that's quality or quantity, um, you know, that that's just your personal preference at that point, because the Nats farm system needs all the help we can get. So I don't think you could necessarily go wrong. Um, but to, to put my official prediction on, I think it's going to be the Dodgers because I think the Dodgers are savvy. They've done this and I don't, 
I think that the Padres go for someone like a Jose Barrios instead of a rentaling Max Scherzer. I think it's been the Dodgers the entire time, but they're trying to like get the rivals in to go the price a little bit more. Like I think it's been the Dodgers this entire time. Yeah, I think you're probably right. That's the most likely. I do. It's a great point you made, Nick, about money versus prospects. And I hope they go for prospects. But knowing the learners, they might go for the thing that costs them the less money or the least money. But um, I would love to see a big prospect haul come in through this whole trade deadline. Not, you know, for Max, obviously, but for everybody they trade, I want them to focus on either prospects or maybe you know, major league ready guys, but young, just getting started major league ready guys. This team has to get younger. There's no point in bringing in anybody. I would say over like 25 at the max. No pun intended. All right, let's talk Trey. Um, If you asked me this in the off season, my answer is different. But as of right now, I am saying stay. No one will meet the price that the Nats have on him. Uh, yeah, he's staying. Um, I think they're smart to shop him, but they're going to be even smarter to hold and see what happens. I think he stays. I did see some interesting stuff about the possibility of trading him to Tampa. Um, they have a nice, really nice farm system and probably be able to get some great stuff, but I don't know. I don't think it's very likely. I think they're going to shop him around. Nobody's going to want to give, they're going to want so much. Just like you said, Ryan, I don't think anybody's going to be willing to meet that price. Although they might surprise us, he's got another year of control, and that might be very tempting to some teams. But I guess we'll know within the next 48 hours. All right, Brad Hand. Brad Hand will go, and he is going to go to the Blue Jays. Hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be the Blue Jays as well. They, they seem to be interested in making moves, and uh, – I think the bullpen is their primary focus as of right now. Especially a lefty for them. They make a lot of sense. And obviously I have, and honestly I have to say like Brad hand seems like a perfectly nice human, but I have no, I don't really care where he goes. I just hope they get a good return. (laughs) That one. I don't have any strong feelings about. Um, How about Hudson? Hudson before today, I would have said he was going to go to Houston. I thought he would have been an absolute perfect match there, but they acquired two relievers. So I am going to say Hudson is going to the Windy City, but the South Side and play with Tony Larusa and former Adam Eaton's team, the White Sox. Uh, I think Huddy goes to the Blue Jays as well, and the Blue Jays strike a package deal for Hand and Huddy. Oh, that's interesting. Interesting. I think I was thinking he might go to the Blue Jays if they didn't take hand, but maybe they would like both. As you said, their their biggest weakness is their bullpen. They might like to. Yeah, like think the, they I mean, would the offer Nats, up for that. The Nats got Doolittle and Madsen in a package deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I'm not well versed on the Blue Jays farm system. I don't think they would do anyone any major league talent. Yeah, it would have to be prospects. That's an interesting one. Okay, how about Kyle Schwarber, who obviously has got this hamstring injury, and those are notoriously fickle. You don't know when a guy's going to come back. And I feel like it's pretty common for guys to come back too soon from these injuries and then re-injure themselves. So I worry about Schwarber really for the season. Like, even if he comes back, is he really going to be 100%? So I wonder what kind of haul they might be able to get for him. 
Kyle Schwarber is going to be on the move. He will not be playing with the Nationals this year. He is going to be traded. Someone is going to take on his injury risk, um, and that screams the American League. So I say he goes, again, with Daniel Hudson to the south side, and he's going to be the DH and a little rotation for the White Sox. Um, I Back think to Chicago. I think he stays, and that's not for a lack of interest. I just don't think the Nat the Nats move him. I don't know. I, I just think they're gonna get a little uh, what's the word? Um, gun shy. I guess they like they might mm-hmm. trade Max, and then it's gonna feel like they just traded away the whole team. So they're probably gonna cool it with the rest. I think Schwarber stays. Yeah, Max Hand and Huddy are the ones I think most likely. Maybe Gomes, but we'll get to him in a minute. Schwarber, I think, does stay. Uh, You know, they have a mutual option next year. I think if he's interested in staying, and every indication before the injury was that he did seem to be, I think he fits in well here. He seems to like it here. I think the Nats are going to try to keep him and extend him. Yeah, I can see that happening. Or just they both agree to the mutual option. Outfielders are so easy to replace. See if you can get anything for him. Yeah, like I, hate, I, mean, I, hate, I don't I think it's a bad idea. Like, I just don't think they'll do it. Oh, of course they're not going to do it. But I just hate when people are like, oh, you can't move on from him. You have to resign him. You know how easy it is to replace a left fielder? Spoiler alert. Very. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Okay, Josh Harrison. Um, Josh Harrison, I want to say go, and I want to say Oakland, but I don't think he'll have much of a market. So I'm going to go stay. He's an interesting one because I think it would be a very easy deal. I just don't know. I'm not going to say like worthwhile because I think any deal would be worthwhile. Not any deal, but any reasonable deal would be worthwhile. But I just don't know that the Nats are looking to move him. I think like there's several guys ahead of him on the pecking order and they're going to feel like you know, they got enough or something. Again, it, this is, falls under my gun shy category where they've traded a lot and they might not go all the way. Yeah, I don't think they get rid of Harris. I just think there's, they like him. He provides more than what they're paying him for. And I don't think they'll get enough in return to make it worth moving him. So I think he's probably going to stay. All right, who's next? Jan Gomes. Um, Stays, doesn't really have much of a market. No one really needs catchers, and he won't be going anywhere. It doesn't seem like there's much of anybody really desperate for catching who's contending right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if someone gets hurt, that might change it, but I, I tend to agree with Ryan. All righty, and we got one more person who's been being bandied about, which is Lester. Is anybody going to even want to trade for John Lester? Yeah, Lester is going to go, and he is going to the retirement home. <laughs> I actually think someone will trade for Lester and it, really? I mean, it's not going to be anything substantial in return, but I do think someone will want Lester and then the new rotation would be, you know, Fetty Ross, um, Espino Corbin and maybe Jeffrey Rodriguez or, you know, someone and September call-ups aren't that far away. So oh, you can kind of make do. I, this is the reality we're looking at i know but it's depressing reality i don't think john lester is going to go anywhere i don't think anybody's going to want him particularly but maybe i'm wrong i mean he's he's not been very good he's he's just the geriatric in in baseball years someone's going to see the same thing that nat saw in him when they signed him 
could happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it did, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get they don't get the interest in him that they would want. They're not paying him much, so I don't know that if you can't get anything in return for him, they'll probably just leave him in the rotation. I guess we'll see. All right, so let's talk, fellas. Real talk. Uh, we talk about this every episode, but uh, it's worth repeating. You guys get a little stinky in the summertime you know, no offense, but we all know it's true. Uh, you guys need to visit manscaped.com. They've got every kind of nice smelling product you might need. They have the crop preserver, which is their anti-chafing deodorant. They have their crop reviver, which is a spray toner. They've got their crop cleanser, which is their body wash. It smells quite nice. My husband's been using it. And the foot duster, which is a foot deodorant, which if you get nothing else, please at least get that. Do all the ladies in your life a favor. So whether you're rocking the dad bod or the six pack, our friends at Manscaped have you covered. In addition to all the products they offer to keep you smelling fresh, they've also just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the lawnmower 4.0 we have told you about before. If you get the performance package, you get the lawnmower 4.0, you get the weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, you get the crop preserver, the crop reviver, and the magic mat to clean up all that mess when you're finished. And you also get two free gifts, the shed travel bag and the manscaped boxer shorts, which again, I, you know, I don't wear boxer shorts, but my husband says he really likes them. Uh, you can trust manscaped the leader in male grooming to keep you looking good, smelling fresh and looking your best all summer long. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust manscaped and go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code HSHH20. That's HSHH20 for 20% off everything you order plus free shipping. Did you guys, uh, sorry, this is off track. Did you guys see the option Tresperera today? Yeah, I I just saw that on Twitter, actually. I did miss that. When was that? Did that happen like just now I, or I just, earlier today? Uh, someone tweeted it eight minutes ago. Oh, okay. I'm like, I, how did I miss that? I feel like all I did today was look at Nat's crap on Twitter. <laughs> like, yeah, Jan might be that. back, but Alex Avila is not back. That's a weird unless, Is Gomes about unless, to get uh, Unless a trade is about to happen. Mm. I mean. But why would you do that before you the trade was announced? I don't know. And you have a double header tomorrow, so wouldn't your roster expand? Yeah, that's really strange. Unless Avila is coming back, we just haven't heard anything. But it seems like he, he's out for the season. He tore both his, his calves. Yeah, he's only got that, two. That's... He doesn't even have any extras left. Because, I mean, we were all pretty impressed with how Tresperos had has been performing. So I didn't think this yeah. warranted an option. That one, uh, that one baffles me slightly. Yeah. Very I strange. Mean, maybe we'll get some breaking news before we wrap up, but. That Maybe one, so. uh, that one's confusing. Well, we'll keep watching Twitter while we finish recording. So let's talk bold predictions for the trade deadline from each of you. Let's get a Nats prediction and an MLB prediction. And then your biggest name that gets moved at the deadline. All right. So my, my Nats and MLB one is tied in one. So I'll do two. Um, it is that Max Scherzer does not get traded. That is my bold prediction. And then that stay tight. So I'll keep that for my Nats. And then with MLB, I'll do another one. And my bold prediction for MLB is that Jose Ramirez gets traded out of nowhere. Okay. Uh, I mean, I have a prediction, but it's not bold. And that's no fun. 
So I'm going to go bold and say the Nats do trade people like Max Scherzer, Brad Hand, Daniel Hudson, but they also acquire someone too. They would be a buyer in one deal. Don't have a name, but obviously it would be someone with control, not a rental. So I do think they are going to make one move that would be a buy as well. Okay. What's your MLB wide bold prediction? Uh, are you just not doing yours? Oh, I thought we were doing, are we just going to oh, go around? Oh, we're just, okay. I mean, I can do an MLB one. Okay, if, go ahead. Um, all right. MLB one is that the Red Sox make the biggest move of the deadline or biggest. They are the biggest winners of the deadline, I guess. I think they're going to make multiple moves. Okay. I think they're going to be very, very active. Yes. Specifically for pitching, but I don't think they get Max Scherzer. I think they get multiple pitches. I was just going to say that. Was that your... uh... No, it seems like Max wants to go to the West Coast, So, but I do think they're going to get multiple pitchers that would really put them over the top, especially with Chris Hale coming back. Do where did we get that information that Max wants to go to the West Coast? I've seen that, but like, do we know where that came from? It's the list he gave the Nationals the teams he would go to. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I think Morosi tweeted it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Morosi, Passan, and Rosenthal. Okay, I wasn't sure if the big guys had tweeted it. I, I yeah, just they, saw Morosi. Because like, um, Jim Bowden was reporting that was eight teams, and then the real reporters, Passan and Rosenthal, were like, it's the West Coast teams. Yeah, I love how anyone can tweet anything, but we don't believe it unless Passan and Rosenthal tweet it. <laughs> like, they don't even have to be first anymore. They're just the most credible at this point. Unless it's a Boris client, and then John Heyman is the one. This is true. <laughs> this is true. That's one caveat. Yeah. You never know. Okay, and then how about, who do you think the biggest name is? So, biggest name... Um, Obviously, if Max is traded, it's going to be him. I already said Jose Ramirez for my bold prediction, so I'm not going to say him. I am going to say Anthony Rizzo is going to be traded as my bold prediction for the biggest name that's going to be moved. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think Max gets moved, um, and I think he would be the the biggest name to get moved, but my second would be Chris Bryant. Like, we haven't heard much about Chris Bryant. Surprisingly, he seems to be the best position player available on the market. Granted, it is a uh, buyer's market for position players. So maybe the Cubs just don't get wowed with an offer, but they would be stupid to lose them for nothing, which it seems like they're going to do. Um, and just to um, you know, carry on with what Ryan just said, I, I don't think Anthony Rizzo gets moved, although I do think they could and should move him. I think he's going to be the guy they choose to keep around just because of uh, they're going to want one person to stick around. And I think they they either let or those people just walk, those being Chris Bryant and Javi Baez. I think they're gone. Ooh, I got another one. I got another yeah. bold prediction. All right. Go for it. Javi Baez goes to the Mets. Mets, yeah, I saw that too. That's, that he, that's what He wants to play with Lindor and he'll play. I pray days. he does because he sucks. So please, <laughs> Mets. The most overrated middle infield known the man. All right. So with the Nats, um, my bold prediction isn't really, I don't know. I don't even think it's going to happen, but I had to pick something bold. So I'd say the bold prediction and the crazy thing they would do would be to trade Trey Turner. Um, Unlikely maybe, but if they're going to do anything really bold, I think that's the move and see if they can really, 
I feel like that's the way to make this retool maybe a one or two year thing instead of something longer because of the hole that you could get for Turner. So that'll tell you whether they're really all in on this or not is what they do with Turner. Um, I'm going to do my bold prediction MLB wide is Anthony Rizzo to the Brewers, which is a, a crazy one. I, I've heard hmm. some, I've heard some talk about him going to the Red Sox and a couple of, you know, other places, but I think the Brewers obviously trading in division is one of those things that teams don't like to do very often, but I could see the Brewers going after somebody. He would be a real boon to their lineup. And, you know, they're, they're looking like they could be contenders. So I expect they'll be buying at the deadline. And my biggest name, obviously this is a boring one, but it's Max Scherzer. If he gets moved, he's the far and away biggest name on the block, maybe followed by Chris Bryant. Yeah, it seems pretty standard. Is there like a Jose Ramirez was a good one, but is there like a dark horse name that you think gets moved? That's a good one. I mean, we talked about Jose Barrios, but I think everybody expects that one's becoming my, increasingly. Yeah, my dark horse. Increasing. My dark horse is Jose Ramirez. Like, I just feel like that just be completely out of random. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go bold again, Shane Bieber. Just anyone mm, on the Indians. Holy hell. Wow, Let's go bold, that is baby. bold. Let's go bold. It's not bold unless people react to it. All right, Ryan, we're going to go in on this one together. The Boston Red Sox straight for Shane Bieber. Woo. Hey, hey, Um, the Red That's Sox front wild. office, the Red, Red Sox front office told the GM to go get Max because they the want sale and Max. I don't even know if they're allowed to trade Marcelo Meyer yet, but they're going to trade Jeter Downs and Marcelo Meyer. Wow, that would be wild. I would love, I love stuff like that. I hope something crazy happens because it makes the trade deadline so much fun. Yeah, I don't even think Meyer has signed yet. Maybe he has, I don't know. But yeah. yeah you got to sign him first like before you can trade him. Oh, no, no, like that's, that that's the second round pick. Never mind. It's a sign and trade. Um, I like that one. Uh, another name, he got mentioned a little bit, so it's not not as bold, but I do think Whit, Mer- Whit Merrifield finally gets moved. There's been rumors about that for feels like ever. Yeah, same thing with Jose Barrios. It seems like he's the center of all freaking trades forever. And somehow he still has more than just uh, the the remainder of this year on his contract. Yeah, those are some, you know, there are some, there's always things that happen to, I feel like every trade deadline that nobody sees coming. Those are my favorite part is everybody talks for, you know, weeks or even months about the, the obvious pieces that are going to get moved and you know everybody likes to talk about where they're going to go and what's the package going to look like but then inevitably there's a few guys that get moved that just like knock everybody's socks off because you weren't expecting it those are my favorite i can't wait to see who it is this year all right anything else we got before we do our one big thing i'm ready for it all right go for it um i just want to talk about the seattle mariners for a quick second Obviously, we all talked about their – I don't even remember his name. I want to say Jed Hoyer, but that's the, the Mets guy. Um, the their president. Oh. No, 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 no. The, uh, well, that's what I am talking about. But uh, their, we talked about their president in the offseason who was uh, blatantly offering terrible deals to his prospects like Kalenic and, and others in order to get them to stay for cheap and whatnot in – if they didn't accept, he just kept him in AAA. Uh, I can't remember his name, but we talked about that story in the offseason. So there was already a uh, distrust among the players for the front office. 
And Amanda, like you just said, they traded away Kendall Graveman, who isn't like a world beater, but he's having a really, really good season. And the Mariners themselves are having a really, really good season. They are firmly a playoff contender as it stands right now. And that team believes in itself. They want to go all in, even though this might not be their year where they can legitimately contend with all the other, you know, behemoths in the AL. They want to at least give it a go. And the first move the Mariners make is to trade their, I believe Graveman was their closer. Regardless, he was an important part of their team and an important part of their bullpen. They trade him, and not only do they trade him, they trade him in division to the Astros, which doesn't sit well. The trade on the surface looks pretty good to me, just as an outside unbiased fan. They got Abraham Toro, and first game for the Mariners, he hits a home run, so can't ask for much of a better start. And Kendall Graveman, while having a great season, doesn't have the track record to suggest that he will continue this. So in a vacuum, again, as a, a unbiased fan, it looks like a good trade for the Mariners, but you have to consider what it does to that clubhouse. And there were reports immediately after that a bunch of the players were not happy. So the GM president, I don't know who he was. I assume it's the GM comes out and says, you know, by itself, it doesn't make sense, but it will make sense for corresponding moves. And you're like, all right, okay, we'll give it a chance. We'll let this thing ride out. If by Saturday, past 4 p.m., nothing changes, then we riot, okay? All right, so what's the corresponding move? They trade another reliever to the Astros in division. And the Astros are obviously ahead of the Mariners in the standings and trying to contend for a World Series themselves. And that's where we stand right now. It's not over yet. There's still a couple days till the deadline. But as of right now, Seattle Mariner fans, I feel for you. Because that yeah, that's a tough you, you already had distrust for the front office, not just the players, but the fans as well. You had distrust of your front office to begin with. And now this is happening. And you're experiencing a much better season than you probably would have realistically expected. So it's like, why are, why are you selling? Why? It's not like you're six, seven games back and mathematically still in it. No, you're like a game and a half back and very much in it because the teams ahead of you are within your own division. You're going to see them a ton. So, you know, if you just beat those other teams, you're going to find yourself in a good position come September, right? When it's crunch time. So it's like, why are you selling? They've been rumored to a bunch of big name guys with Merrifield. They're kind of sort of linked to Trey Turner, although I don't think that's going to happen. It would take a move like that for these other moves to make sense. I just have this gut feeling that it's not going to happen. And in which case I will be a, if I'm so allowed. So if we have any Mariners fans uh, who listen to this podcast, please accept me, but I will be an honorary Mariners fan and riot against the front office with you because that's just be offended on their behalf yeah i I will gladly be offended because i'm out on the nats so it's like i might as well divert my uh you know efforts elsewhere into you know a cause that i believe in yeah it's gotta be just infuriating to 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 have traded them to the astros like that's the team you're trying to catch and you just trade yeah like if you trade them first to them if if you trade them whatever if you traded them to uh, like the Angels, if the Angels wanted to go in it, like that's one thing. But to to trade them to the Astros, it's just like I get it. Like it, it was a good deal in my opinion, but it's still 
if you're trying to keep morale up in the clubhouse and not have people hate you, it's kind of hard right. to sell that. It's like kicking Here, you right where you use your manscaped products. Yeah, Here's exactly. the thing. Um, it's a genius trade. You know why? It's what? simple. He's, he's an anti, you know what, right? So you trade someone like that um, to your divisional rival. They become a bioweapon and get everyone sick. Astros have an outbreak. Astros lose chess, not checkers. You went, mm-hmm. Exactly. Galaxy mm-hmm. brain. You went 12 to dimensional chess. All right. So, okay. So, but that's what I'm saying. Like that plays out. And then, then I'm not writing against the front office, but that has to happen first. <laughs> I would respect the living hell out of a team. If they actually did that, like it'd be the greatest move of all time. Like well, they'd West never be Burra. able to publicly admit it. So they would Belichick just get the burner. West Welker to dismantle the Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> like they would just, they would just get the burner, like Mike Hawk and just admit it through that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was so Or funny. Anthony DeComo. Anthony DeComo. <laughs> yeah. There are people who really uh, get taken in by some of these Twitter accounts, man. Hey, look. Okay, Twitter's look. a rough place. Hold on. Hold on. Here's Mr. Hawk what, nailed yeah. three trades tonight. Show some okay, respect. Hey. So in case you guys don't know, Mike Hawk, say that one a little quicker. He's nailed, like Nick said, three trades, and he got the exact prospect return right on the Escobar trade. You get lucky with one. You start getting three. I'm starting to think you're someone's burner, but I don't know. It's weird. I, I can't figure it out. Twitter's wonder wild. how he doesn't have a Manscaped deal yet. Right? <laughs> he's, not, he's not legit. This is true. Oh, Ryan, what's your one big thing? I love trades. That's my one big thing. That's a good big thing. That is a good one. All right. So despite the fact that I'd like to talk about Alex Ovechkin's contract just to piss Nick off, I am going to talk about Max Scherzer. I mean, obviously we've already talked about him a lot, but I'm going to take this opportunity to just, if this is, if this is goodbye, which it seems very, very likely it is. um, We have been so lucky to have seen the best years of Max Scherzer in a Nats uniform. I dearly hope that he chooses to go into the hall of fame with a Nats hat on. It seems, it seems likely that he would, but you never know. Um, I'm sad that he won't be able to finish his career here, but I'm hopeful that what I think is one of the best contracts in, in major league history turned out for the Nats that I hope we can get just a little bit more out of Max as he goes out the door, which is a great haul of people to, you know, restock the farm system. And I am, I am seriously like sad. I, he is my favorite player. I know that's business. I know it's baseball. I know you got to do it. And I can tell myself all of that stuff mentally, emotionally, this is a kick in the gut. And uh, that's all, I guess. I just am really going to mix, miss Max Scherzer. He's been appointment watch television for me every start that he's been here and it sucks. Watch Max, Max Scherzer pitch like six more years for the Dodgers win multiple world series and then go in as a Dodger. Oh God, I'll be so pissed off. <laughs> That'd be pretty, and it, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility either. Oh God, I'd be so mad. Seriously. <laughs> I hate the Dodgers so much. That would just, I'd be so mad. Why did you even have to say that? That'd be the worst. Cause it, so anyway, uh, I live I'm for sad chaos. about Max Scherzer. You do live for chaos. It's true. So that's my one big thing. And also Alex Ovechkin re-signed a five-year deal with the caps. Go caps. You know, I hit the woo chant. Now you're really getting under my skin. C-A-P-S, caps, caps, caps. I didn't. All right, let's get out of here. (laughs)
At least I didn't put the woo on the end. All right. Is that it? You guys got anything else? Uh, no. We're good. I don't think so. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening as always. Uh, you know, we love you guys. Please make sure you check out the show on Twitter at half ST for street, half ST high heat, and at the website at half ST high heat. Dot com. There's tons of stuff out there on the website um, and that T Public link if you want to get out there and check out our merch. And uh, make sure you're checking the website because we have a lot of stuff going on and uh, there's sure to be just a ton of news breaking for the Nats over the next couple of days. I will talk to you guys in a bit. Uh, what do we have? Three, four days. We'll have lots like to talk that. about when we get back. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents The Nationals are smashing balls all at the commentator Who has the causes past the wall to see you later By the early light of dawn, well, you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go, Nats We've got a game to play We're gonna win today Let's go Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.